0: Hello, everyone. We have Chelsea Roy on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her along with you guys. So, Chelsea, I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you'd like.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, I will start where everybody else starts. Um, I met my husband back in 2008. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey. But um, when I was almost 19, I moved down to Orlando, Florida to work at Disney World. And um, I ended up meeting him and I never went home. So. Wait, uh, you worked at Disney World? I, I still work at Disney World.
0: You do? Wait, okay, so what do you do there? <laughs> Sorry, I'm um, like, really curious. No, you're now.
1: fine. <laughs> um, I currently. They, there's this new service that they have called the minivans, um, it's basically like Disney's version of Lyft or Uber. Okay. And uh, that is what I currently do. Yeah, but I've done, that's I've worked so in all cool. four parks, mostly attractions. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Do you, get, <laughs> do you get free tickets? I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perk. <laughs> I have family here right now, you know, using it. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I met him. I'm um, working at the Epcot theme park and, uh, yeah, the rest is history. So, um We got married in November of two thousand and eleven. I was really young i was twenty two and we knew that we didn't we definitely wanted a family. Um, we just didn 't want kids right away and um, I did know that whenever we were ready for a family that it probably wasn't going to be easy, and that um, a miscarriage was probably like I just had a feeling I would have one mainly because my mom it took her a long time to get pregnant with me, and then she had two miscarriages before me, one before my sister and the one before my brother so like it just kind of always had that feeling that it might happen. So in uh, November of 2014, when we were married for about three years, we decided we were ready to start trying. So I went and I got on Clomid and um, my third round of Clomid, I ended up getting pregnant and it was a successful pregnancy. I had my daughter in January of 2016. I was very surprised that everything went as well as it did with everything, uh, how it happened for my mom. So um, yeah, everything was good. And then um, I remember thinking, When I'm okay, this is great. When I'm ready for baby number two, I'm just gonna need to take all the stuff I took to get pregnant with her. Obviously, all I need to do is ovulate, I'll get pregnant. It'll be really easy the second time. Like, I was so naive thinking that. Yeah. And so, about um, last summer, we decided that we were going to start trying for baby number two. Our daughter was two and a half. And so, um, you know, I went to the doctor, got put back on Clomid. And um, that was uh, my first round of Clomid was September of last year. And they put me on 50 milligrams, which did not help me to ovulate. And then I had a lot of um, trouble trying to get in contact with my doctor's office to try and have them, like, up the medicine. So um, so September and October were kind of, like, a wash. And I remember, like, just being really disappointed because I was like, oh, it was, like, pretty easy to get pregnant with my daughter. You know, like, now it's, I feel like this is difficult. And um, I also remember, you know, that like Thomas Rhett Atkins song, Life Changes. Yeah. Um, There's that quote where he says, you make a plan and you hear God laugh. And I'm Mm -hmm. not like that religious, but like for some reason that quote like really stuck with me because I was like, oh, I had this plan. Everything was supposed to work so easily, but you know, it didn't. So um, finally in November, they put me on the 100 milligrams of Clomid. And I went in for blood work and my progesterone was like 1.1. And I was like, oh, that's really low. That's not good. So I was like, oh, I'll just wait until, you know, it's time to test to see if it's like negative, which I assumed it would be. So I tested, it was negative. And for some reason, um, I did not take the Provera, which starts a period up for me um, right away. I waited a couple days. And then I ended up having a dream that I got a positive pregnancy test. And I was like, well, let me just take like one more and see what happens. And so, um, I took one and this was on like a Friday. I took one and it ended up being a very faint positive. And I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Like, how is this even happening? You know, I'm like, certainly like, there's no way. So I call my doctor because, um, I got in like positive, um, like line tests, but then the digital test said not pregnant. So I was like, Oh, let me just call me doctor and see like what they say. So, um, we, I went in and, um, they did a urine test and their uh, line was also very positive. I'm sorry, very uh, faint, faint positive. And so, um, they were like, let's, let's come in and let's do like an ultrasound. And I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I get to have an ultrasound so early when I was pregnant with my daughter, like I had to wait, um, you know, until like eight weeks. So I was really excited about it. Like oddly enough, I'd never like crossed my mind, you know, that it could be bad news. Um, and it really wasn't. She, um, You know, they went in with the ultrasound, and like I saw absolutely nothing. So like I started panicking. But she was like, "Oh no, like I just think you're really early because there's no sac there yet. Um, so let's get you in for some blood work. So um, I go in for blood work. My first result was like pretty low. It was like 120ish. Um, but she said as long as it was over 100, she was happy. And then 48 hours later, of course, was a Friday, so that meant I wouldn't get my results until Monday. And that Monday. Uh, my, my blood test came back at like 180 something. So I was like, Oh no, like this isn't good. You know, it, it didn't really double. And then I remember like Googling, um, like what, like what happens, you know, if your results don't double. Um, and that a lot of people said like, Oh, if it goes up 60%, it's fine. And then I was like trying to do the math of like, what that was. <laughs> um, you know, so I was like going crazy. Um, and they basically were just like, well, you know, it went up, we're happy that it's going up. If you have any, you know, intense cramping or heavy bleeding, go to the emergency room. So I was like, oh, they, they never said that when I was pregnant with my daughter. So that's, you know, it kind of made me nervous. Um, but then a couple of weeks went by and like everything seemed fine. I didn't really have a lot of symptoms like I did with my daughter, which was kind of weird, but I just kept thinking like, well, every pregnancy is different. Like, so maybe this one's just different. And um, Right, um, right around Christmas, we decided that we were going to tell um, my husband's family. I'd already told my family um, just because like, it wasn't like a big, like, Oh, we're pregnant. It was just kind of like, Hey, I'm pregnant. I just want to let you guys know, but I don't know like what's going to happen. And I'm not feeling too confident about it. But we told this family on Christmas because we were feeling kind of um, just as each day had passed, we were like, oh, okay, well, like maybe this is fine. It's just a completely different pregnancy than it was with my daughter. So um, the day after Christmas, I flew home to New Jersey, uh, with just my daughter. My husband had to stay back and work. Cause you know, we work at Disney world. It's always opened. Um, so I flew back with um, her and, uh, two days later I woke up and, um, I like really, really had to go to the bathroom and like it hurt, which was like weird that I had to pee so bad it hurt. So, um, I, you know, I went to the bathroom and then there I was, you know, I wiped and there was the blood and I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Why? Like this is happening here. I'm away from my house in Florida. I, you know, at least I'm with family, but my husband's not here. I was like, Oh my God, I was panicking. So, um, you know, I told my mom and, uh, she was, she's a labor and delivery nurse. So it's pretty lucky. I was like really hoping that like one of her doctor friends could like get me in and, um, get like, uh, like I could just get an ultrasound just to like see, you know, something. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course they were like, no, she needs blood tests and everything like that. So we ended up going to the emergency room. Um, and my bleeding still was like kind of light. So I kind of thought like I was just being like super paranoid and like, you know, just trying to double check everything. Um, so, you know, they did the blood work, they did the urine sample, and then I had to go back and wait for an ultrasound. And the doctor came in and he was like, yeah, so it's going to be a while for the ultrasound because you're the fifth woman today to come in pregnant and bleeding. And I was like, oh, thanks. Let's like make a club or something. You know, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> so um, I go back um, for my ultrasound eventually and um, I'm, I'm looking at it. She didn't turn it away from me, which I was kind of grateful for because I, I hear a lot of the stories where they, you know, they don't let them look. Um, but I, I looked and I saw and it was just a perfectly round circle, but with nothing in it. So I was like, I immediately knew, oh, this is a blighted ovum. And um, my mom knew too, because she had had one as well, but the, the ultrasound tech was like super positive. She was like, oh, you know, you have, you said you have PCOS. You're probably just really early. Um, and I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm probably not just really early. Like, that's definitely, you know, an empty sack. Um, and she was like, no, no, don't say that. You never know. So then they sent me back um, to wait to get discharged and the doctor came in and he was uh, like, yeah, yeah, you're pregnant. You're good. Everything looks good. Your blood levels are like 1300. So yeah, you're pregnant. It's just early. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, it is not just early. (laughs) Like there's no way that I'm just early. Like I'm supposed to be eight weeks today. Yeah. I was just like really frustrated. So um, you know, I I went back home um, to my mom's house and it, it was kind of just like, it was just really terrible having to, go through that because all I wanted to do was like be at my house and like be able to do everything there and like just crawl into my bed and cry and like have the support of my husband so it really really sucked not having my husband around but I mean I I was very lucky I had a very supportive family um and then um so I'd only tell my mom's side of the family I didn't tell my dad's side of the family um because we were going to have like a little Christmas party with them the day afterwards and uh yeah. So I, I tried to like, you know, keep it secret at that like Christmas party. Cause I just, I didn't really want anybody to like, feel sorry for me. I didn't want to feel mm-hmm. vulnerable. You know, I just wanted to like pretend everything was okay. Um, and then of course, like, you know, everybody's asking me cause my daughter's almost three at this point. Like, Oh, when's the second baby coming? And I was just like, Oh, you know, I'm happy with just one for right now. So that was really hard. Um,
0: and and that's then, when you, that's yeah. when you realize you should never ask anybody else that oh,
1: question, right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> I will never ask anybody ever just because mm-hmm. it's awful. It's awful. Um, so then um, I, I was coming back home on New Year's Eve and um, one of my cousins from my dad's side of the family was flying back down because she was going to have a little vacation here in Orlando. So she flew back down with me. Um, I was staying at my house um, that night of New Year's Eve, and then we were going to hang out with them, you know, at Disney for a couple days. And um, I just remember, like, thinking I really felt like I couldn't grieve properly because I I didn't really, like, get that chance to just, like, lock myself in my bedroom and cry because that's, like, all I wanted to do because um, I felt like I just had to put on a face. Even though my family was supportive, I just kind of felt like I couldn't grieve properly. And then my cousin coming with me, who I love so much, and I was happy to have her, it was just hard to like, then have to, I was able to go to my house, but then I had company there. And then, you know, that week we had to hang out with them. So it was just hard. I felt like I, I couldn't really grieve properly, which is why that to kind of like get off topic for a second. I loved your podcast because listening to it has been so therapeutic and helping me like really kind of just like, I don't want to say get over it, but get through it, even though it was a while. Yeah. Back, you know? Yeah. Um. So you know, I go back to the doctors, uh, when I get back home and they do the ultrasound. They're like, Oh yeah, it's still in there. So we need to get you some medicine. I was like, how is it still in there? Like, I felt like I had bled enough that there's no way anything was in there. So, um, I'm like, what are my options? And they said, well, you can, you know, get a DNC, but we really recommend you taking this. Uh, I think it's called misoprostol. So I, um, of course had Googled that as well. And, uh, read just horror stories of people taking that and how awful it is. So I was like, oh this is great. Can't wait. Um so I took it and you know I was just like waiting and waiting and nothing happened. I had like zero cramping, didn't bleed. I was like, this is so weird because like everybody else has been like like just had horror stories about it. Um so I called my doctor and they um gave me another prescription. Again, nothing happened. And then like one more time, they wanted me to take it. And again, nothing happened. So it was just really weird. So I was like, this is great. This is just prolonging everything. I just want this to be over with. Like, can we please just get a DNC? Like I, that's, I just was so done with everything. Um, So when I went back to my doctors, um, they did the ultrasound and they said that it had passed and that I was good to go. They just wanted to do the blood test to make sure my HCG levels were um, at zero or negative, I guess. Um. So I just thought that was weird that like it didn't do anything for me but uh, I don't know my mom said I guess sometimes that your which is so this is so weird and gross but your body can absorb it. Uh, oh. Yeah, so Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, me me, me neither. <laughs> um, yeah, so um then I was like, well when can we start trying again? And my doctor was like, "Oh yeah, the next cycle that you get." So um he put me on birth control for one month to start um, just so I could get like a regular period. And I was like, all right, that's fine. And um, he wanted me to try a new medicine called letrozole, which I'd never taken before to help me ovulate. So I had taken that in February and um, it did not work. And again, it was like pulling teeth to get my doctor's office to like give me a response of what they wanted me to do next. Cause I was like, my blood levels were like 0.7. I clearly did not ovulate on this medicine. I really wanted to go back to Clomid. And they were like, nope, you have to keep trying letrozole. It takes a few times for it to, you know, start working. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like for somebody who's trying to have a baby to just have to, oh, we're just going to see what happens this month. Like, oh, well just, if you don't ovulate, it's fine. You'll just try again next month. And I just was like, I'm tired of waiting. I'm just done. Yeah. So, um, and this is going to be like kind of, uh, I hope it doesn't sound terrible, but I still had Clomid left when I was trying to get pregnant earlier. Um, and I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it because I, um, I have it. I know I can take it and I'm, I'm just tired of waiting. So I took it, I had enough for April and May. I took it in April. I definitely ovulated, but I didn't get pregnant. And then I took it in May and then, um, at the uh, end of May, I was going back home to New Jersey um, to celebrate my grandparents' 60th anniversary party. And um, that was going to be on like Saturday, June 1st. And I, I was going up on like that Wednesday before. And the day before I went home, my grandfather, who um, I'm very, very close with that side of the family, he ended up having a heart attack. Um, but everything was okay. Um, And he ended up getting stints put in and he came home the day before their 60th anniversary party. He was there um, at the party. He was in really good spirits. It was like the happiest I think I've ever seen him. And then the day after the party, he um, ended up getting a fever and ended up being septic. And then um, I was supposed to go home on Tuesday, June 4th. And um he got uh just it just it ended up being really bad and they ended up putting him in hospice the day I was supposed to leave. So I never went back home to Florida. Um, and then the day after that he um ended up passing away. So it was just a really kind of like crazy week. And the day that he passed away, um, I was supposed to get my period. And um I just remember thinking like that is the last thing on my mind. There's so much more going on right now. Um, but I ended up not getting my period that day or the next day. Um, so I was like all right, fine Friday. I'll just like, I'll take a test to see that it's probably negative. You know, I, I mean, I'd been cramping. I thought it was coming. Um, but on that Friday, I um, I took the test and again, it was a very faint positive. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is the good news I needed after this like insane, terrible week. I, I like really needed it. Um, and then I took another test just to be sure because it was so faint. And again, it was positive. So you know, I told my husband and of course, like, I mean, he's super, you know, positive but when it comes to this, I feel like he's a little bit more optimistic. He was like, let's not get too excited. You know what happened last time? Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, we're not going to say anything to anybody. Obviously it's like, there's too much going on. Um, and then, um, later that day, I like, I remembered like talking to myself and being like, please stick, you have to stick. And then I wiped and there was blue blood again. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, was that like a false positive? Maybe that was a chemical pregnancy. So I, I truthfully, I don't know that, um, it was a chemical pregnancy, but I'm, I'm treating that as if it was a loss because I got those two positives, yeah, absolutely. Faint, you know? Um, and so like, that just was like the cherry on top of a you know, a terrible week. Um, and then, um, so yeah, that all happened. And then I, uh, eventually I changed doctor's I took the month of July off because I was just like, I'm done. I just need a break, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I took another round of coma this month, and I'm currently in my two-week wait. So, yeah. Oh, the great two-week wait. Yes. <laughs> <So fun. laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, goodness. I can I can relate a lot to those mm-hmm. big positives uh-huh. and followed by bleeding. Very shortly after, and yeah, I, I agree. It's it's a loss. The second you see that positive, you're mm-hmm. you're pregnant and mm-hmm. you're becoming a mom, and yeah, it's hard. Yeah, oh, goodness, yeah. girl. Well, if you had mm-hmm. one piece of advice to share with somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I would say
1: to allow yourself to. Fear, feel vulnerable, allow yourself to take the time you need to grieve and don't put it off just because of wh- whatever situation you're in when it's happening. A- allow yourself to feel sorry for yourself.
0: Yeah, I yeah. agree. And, mm-hmm. and as you were talking about like your mm-hmm. situation and being, you know, gone and being mm-hmm. like, yeah, you were at your family's house, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like family mm-hmm. is great support, but I agree. There's, there's something about just kind of like being in your own space and just mm-hmm. like letting it all out and, yeah. you know, crying in your bedroom because that's mm-hmm. where you feel the most comfortable doing it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's hard, but I yeah. so appreciate you jumping on and sharing your story. If somebody wants to reach out to you, Chelsea, where could they do so? Um, Instagram
1: is good. Uh, okay Kelsey, yeah, yeah underscore right now you'll put it in the thing but yeah
0: yes well Uh-oh. we'll put that in the description everybody reach yes. out to her let her know she's not alone and <laughs> also just like you guys I just think this podcast is so cool because I actually just got a Absolutely. message right before you Chelsea that was like uh-huh. thank you so much for um having me on to share I had so many women reach out to me and I've uh-huh. been able to connect with them I'm like the fact that this is building like real life relationships yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just so incredible. So don't be scared to reach out to any of the gals sharing their story on this podcast because that's what this is for. So Chelsea, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.